When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 1871 podcast and we've got another brilliant guest on for you tonight. It's former Royals defender and another Reading FC legend, Ibrahima Sonko. So Ibrahima, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's great to see another another Reading legend, as I said. Um, So before we speak to Ibrahima, I just wanted to give you the listeners a heads up that tomorrow we have former Royals goalkeeper Simon Shepherd as a guest. Um, and we'll also be looking on uh, back on today's game at Sheffield United. And in case you're wondering, we're not doing that on this episode as we're recording this episode before the Sheffield United game. So we can make some predictions, but the game will have happened. So we'll, we'll wait until tomorrow and uh, talk about it then. So that's available from 10 a.m. tomorrow. And then on Sunday, we're choosing our greatest Reading defenders from the last 50 years. So that's available from 10am on Sunday. And Ibrahima, you're on the short list for that. So let's see what, what happens. And Dylan Kerr, Dylan Kerr is also on the short list. Um, Dylan, as you might remember from a previous episode, uh, is having a lot of problems with power in South Africa. And obviously, he's a current manager as well, so he's not always available he said he is hoping to join us tonight, but there's still the power issues there. So um, let's see if, if Dylan's going to join us. So Dylan's on the shortlist. Obviously, we had Ivar Ingemarsson on as a guest. He's he's on the shortlist as well for the greatest Reading defenders from the last 50 years, along with Ibrahima and uh, some other great Reading defenders. So that's on Sunday from 10am. And then because it's Easter, the long weekend, we've got another episode for you on Monday evening from 6.30pm and talk about Royals legends. We're going to be talking about the one and only Robin Friday with Royals fan and and author Stuart Kane. Stuart's written a book about Robin Friday. So we're really looking forward to that one. That's um, from 6.30 on Monday evening. So that's all to come this weekend. We're really looking forward to the uh, Defenders episode on Sunday. That's going to be fun, that's for sure. But now it's time to talk to one of those defenders on on that list. It's our special guest tonight. So, you know, absolutely delighted that you are able to join us, Ibrahima. And you made more than 130 appearances for Reading and, and you scored eight goals. But let's start with with your career before you joined Reading, if that's OK. Um, and I know you were, you were born in Senegal, weren't you? But you grew up in France and you played at Saint-Étienne and then Grenoble before joining Brentford. Um, can I just start by asking you, how old were you when you decided that you wanted to become a professional footballer? Uh, professional? I don't know. I think maybe the first World Cup I've seen, you know. Um, I remember, I think it was in the 90s when Nigeria came to the World Cup, you know, we were against Argentina and everything. And, and like, you know, you're watching the World Cup. I mean, obviously, before that, you're watching professionals and, you know, you're too young to really understand what's going on. You just see them on TV. 
and uh, and you're just like happy to see them and then you know the world cup comes and like you're slightly older and you're like oh, i would love to play one of these games one day you know and then you started i started well you know following like defenders like literally you know my positions because obviously then I was never going to be a striker. <laughs> so I started following defenders. Parents started buying me DVDs. And, you know, at, at the time it was videotape, you know, in them old big boxes. So, uh, but it was fun, you know. I actually had Pelé, Maradona. I don't know what my parents were thinking, you know, but <laughs> that didn't help, <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah, that's when uh, really I thought I would love to be playing football for a living. You know, and then, you know, you never know because you're still a kid. So, um, yeah, you get on and uh, and it just happened. And who was who was your hero who, who or heroes growing up? You know, which players? Uh, you know, at the time, obviously, you know, Maradona Pelé was everyone's heroes, you know what I mean? But I like the like of, you know, Beckenbauer, even though he was oldest, you know, I used to watch games and just like, literally watch videotape, you know, of him. And uh, then Lothar Mati was one, who, and I used to love him. Actually, absolutely love him, you know. And um, and then growing up, and then you got Yamstam coming in, Sol Campbell, and the like, you know, while you're growing up and everything, and you're thinking, how, what should I do to reach their levels, you know what I mean? So you're trying to copy the attitude on the pitch, you know, and uh, just trying to be as big as they were. Yeah, and, and obviously you went on to play for Senegal, but... Um, you know, after your time in France, you, you got to move to to Brentford. How, how did that come about? Well, it's a it's a funny one because uh, at eighteen, I kind of got kicked out of the football school at Saint Etienne. You know, and the manager was telling me, uh, "I don't think you have it to be a pro." You know, uh, you know, we enjoy the time with you, but we don't think you can make the cut. So, literally, I had to lie to my parents. And tell them I was still at the football club and I was training, you know, in the summer. But I had this phobia of like, if ever I was going back to Paris, I wasn't going to come out, come back out from Paris. You know what I mean? Because at the time I didn't have anyone helping me, you know, and my parents were more like, okay, you are good at school, stay in school. You know, I was, uh, I was science, science and economy. I was studying science and economy and I was doing well. So my parents were like, you know what? leave the football and go just carry on with school because you're good. And I'm like, no, I love football. I want to stay in football. I'm still going to go with school, but I want to be a footballer. So I stayed behind all summer in one of my friend's house. He was living in Santian, but I met at school. You know, I stay in his house. And during that summer, he was training me. You know, at the end, his parents were more into football, even though he couldn't play him because he had a bad knee. They started writing to clubs to try to have me on trial. At, at the end of it, Grenoble, I went first to um, Genoa in Italy and uh, I made a tournament in Napoli. And like, I remember because everyone was calling me at the time, terrible West, you know, I think they didn't have enough black defenders at, <laughs> in Italy. So kids, kids were calling me terrible West and everything. It was funny. But at the end, when they tried to sign me, I uh, turned it down because my parents didn't want me to go there. They wanted me to stay at St. Etienne because for them, I was still at the club. Uh, then I went back and then when they found Grenoble on trial, I went to Grenoble and when they wanted to sign me, I just lied again to my parents saying that, wow, well, you know what, it's probably better for me to go to a lesser club, you know, at the time. 
but to be able to play as early as I can. You know, so they understood it that way, but it was just a lie. I couldn't tell them that they kicked me out because they would have said, you stop football and you come back home, you know? So uh, from there, I've done two years at Brentford, uh, sorry, at um, Grenoble. Things were good, you know. Uh, in the first season, I was with the reserve. Second season, I went with the first team. Get uh, Got playing, you know, literally after the sixth game as the left back, you know, and started doing well. And when, when the left back came back from injury, uh, the captain, I remember, Vomilazzo told them, told the manager, you can't take the kid out, you know. He made his, his place. He needs to stay on the pitch. So the manager literally shuffled the team to get me in my, into my positions. And we went on to win that league that same year, you know, that I, I played. And uh, the second year we went in a first uh, in second division, then I signed professional there. You know, in second division, I played only 14 games the first year. And the new manager wasn't really keen on me, you know. Even though I had offers from other teams, they wanted to sell me and the team wasn't ready to pay money. So at the end of the first year, when we went back to preseason, I realized that in a preseason, you know, I think out of five games, I probably played 25 minutes. You know, he came in, talked to me in my room, said, listen, I'm not playing you a lot because I'm bringing more experienced players because we want to push on for the first division, the first league in France. And I'm like, okay, but why don't you let me go then? Because clubs want me in a second division. Anyone, yeah, but I need you just in case. So decision was simple. You stay, you're going to be on the bench. You might play, you might not play. But a person like me, you know, I'm not gifted with high talent. You know, like I'm not, the, I'm not Nicky Shorey on the ball. You know, you understand what I mean? You know, it's, it's one of these things. You have to admit when you are something, you are something. But that's not me. You know, that's not me. So I needed to be on the pitch to get even more confident and to reach, you know, to reach what I needed to reach. You know, I didn't know at the time what I could achieve, but I knew that if I don't play, you know, I will only go down. So again, I went to the to the olders in the team. I had a chat with them. I had agents started sniffing around, you know, saying to me, yeah, we want to look after you and everything. I never had an agent before that, you know, until I was what? 920, 20, 21, 21. I didn't have an agent before that. You know, I always had friends helping me out to find a team. But uh, what happened is I spoke, I spoke to, the, to the older one, you know, especially Captain Every Milazzo, and he told me, listen, I do think that you got a better chance, you know, if you go to UK. I said, I'm like, why? He went like, you've seen the game, it's more like built for you. You know, you're quick, you're tall, you jump. You know, you're strong. I think if you go there, you know, you could achieve more than if you stay in front because here they ask you to play a lot from the back and you're not comfortable with it. I thought, yeah, you're not wrong. And he said to me, have you got any, any, I mean, any way you can go there? And I said, well, there is an agent who told me that Postmos might be interested, you know, with Harry Redknapp. So he said, just jump, jump on the next plane and just disappear. You know I mean? I said, yeah, but the contract, he said, well, until now, if you leave the country, you can sign for another club. You know, you just have to cancel your contract behind. And uh, that was before they started making all them rules, you know, where you can't change and everything. So I decided to disappear. One day, they, I didn't turn up at training. They tried to call me. I turned my phone off. I went, I went to England, uh, to Portsmouth. I'd done 10 days in Portsmouth. Got injured. Things didn't go well that year, that, that time, you know. And uh, it's the same year that Portsmouth got promoted to the, to the, 
towards uh, with Redknapp, you know, uh, being very promised and everything. They got promoted to the Premier League. And uh, so, all right, Redknapp told me, listen, you've got talent, but you don't have what I need, you know, so we're not going to sign you. But at that point, I couldn't go back to Grenoble because they had issued a, a, a plan, uh, a complaint to the to the French FA, who literally decided I couldn't come back to France for three years, two years because I had a two years contract and an extra year for us like a punition. So I was a bit stuck. You know, I mean, I was in England. I don't speak English. I was running out of money. I don't have a club anymore. And my only option is to remain here or leave to go to another country. The agent who took me there literally vanished just after I failed the trial at Portsmouth. So I'm back to nothing, you know, and, uh, Lucky enough, lucky enough, the year before that, we had a, I had a friend, he's my friend now, I had a player, a French player who was in England playing for Gillingham, who came to Grenoble on trial, the goalkeeper, and he was at the hotel, and uh, I don't know, sometimes it's good to do good, because he was at the hotel alone, you know, he speaks French, but was so much used to speak English, but on the pitch he was speaking English to us, you know, at the back. And uh, I started speaking to him. I took him out from the hotel and said, just come to my house and I'm living alone. So why not just spend time with me instead of staying in the hotel? And after a week, when he left, he gave me his number and said, anytime you're in England, just call me, you know? And I did remember at that time, I totally forgot about it. And I was living in, uh, in Portsmouth in a house of a guy called Uliano. He's, an, he's a player who was playing for Portsmouth at that time. And he said, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know, looking for options. So Uliano on his side was trying to reach people for me. You know, as much as he was a player, he knew more people in England. So he was trying to reach up for me at some people. Uh, Vincent Perica was looking after me for money because I don't have any money. And Vincent just joined Postmos at the time from uh, uh, Juventus. So he was looking after me. After I was living on the other French boy. The other one giving me money to leave. I was injured. I stayed a month. I couldn't run. I decided, well, if I don't do anything about it, I'm not going to be able, you know, to start here. So I started running, strapping myself and doing my own training and everything. And then I remember to call Bertrand, his name is, I remember I had his number. So when I contacted him, he went like, oh my God, how are you doing and everything? I said, I'm okay. And I said, where are you at? I say, I'm in Portsmouth. I said, well, how long? I said, like for the last, well, I say a month now. And when, why didn't you call me earlier? I said, I totally forgot that you had, had your number. And he said, okay, he said, what are you doing Postman? I said, well, I failed the trial. I'm just getting back running and training alone. I explained to him about my injury. He said, Songs, you just get yourself down to London. You know, once you reach London, you're going to live with me and I'm going to get the people I know to help you. They're going to heal you first and then they're going to try to get you to play again. And I got for... Okay, Uliano drove me down to to London. I went to meet Bertrand. So he took me to one of his friends, Tommy Cunningham. Tommy Cunningham is a is a former player. He used to play with uh, at Wimbledon, you know, with the crazy gang, you know, the like of Wally Down and uh, and uh, Vinnie Jones and everything. He's an ex defender, I think. Yeah, he played at Chelsea and at Wimbledon. Yeah. So when I reached there. Tom saw me, saw my size and went like, okay, because he was an ex-defender, he went, no, you got good size. He said, okay, what's the problem? I explained to him that my um, tendon was hurting me. So he took me to a physio for a week and then I started training with him. At the time, he was coaching uh, the team Finchley. 
Finchley, yeah, Finchley, I think, yeah. He was coaching them. They were in like in Ryman League. So at the time, he was coaching them and everything. And when I started feeling better, he said to me, uh, do you fancy playing football? I mean, like I said, yeah. He said, but do you want to play for us? And I'm like, listen, I got nothing else, you know, so I might as well play for the Ryman League, you know I mean? It's not a problem. And uh, it's funny enough because we played and uh, I remember playing against David, David Kitson. I know kids doesn't remember that, but it was uh, like, it was a friendly game and I ended up playing against him. But at the time, you know, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about English, so... It's not like he think it, but Tom told me before, I remember playing against Kitson? I'm like, no. He said, remember that first game you played here for me? Kitson was on the other side. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, he started from there. And after that game, I remember I gave a penalty away. Uh, I took a yellow card. I mean, like, it was a mess. You know, I come out of the game thinking, like, am I ever going to play football again? But Tom seems to like my game. And he told me, he said, I think your level is higher than here. I need to find you something higher. And I went, okay. And he went, like, okay, we're going to train you this week and I'm going to contact people I know. I said, okay. And then he went, we were, it was Tuesday. He went, we train on a Monday. We train on Tuesday morning. Tuesday evening, he say songs. I say, yeah. Well, obviously, he wasn't speaking to me. He was speaking to Bertrand because I couldn't speak English. And he said, so cool. say, but I've got... Um, Tomorrow I've got a game for songs. If he wants to play, how does he feel? Like tomorrow, like I'm not ready. He said, oh, you'll be fine. You know, just go and play. If he's good, he's good. If he's not good, you know, you come back here. And I'm like, okay. But Tom, I've reached out to Wally Down, his former teammate at Wimbledon. So he reached out to him and said, listen, I've got a kid here. You must see him. And Wally was the manager at the time at Brentford just after a couple left and everything. So he said, you must see him and everything. You might, you know, you might be happy with him. So the next day, I went to meet Wally for the first time. Stephen Hunt was in a team, but he wasn't playing that game. So I went to Brentford and we played against Fulham at Fulham on a friendly game, you know. And uh, I remember because when I got there, Scott Marshall was uh, was playing in the team. So I, I teamed up with Scotty at the back. And he's trying to speak to me in English and I'm looking at him and he's like, okay, let's just get on with it, you know? And uh, yeah, it was a, a very good game. It was a very good game. I did, I did extremely well at that game to a point that Fulham offered me a trial just behind. But, uh, but just after the game, while he told Tom, you know what, I want him Saturday to play the first league game with us, you know? So that's how it all started, you know? I, I signed for Brentford literally the next day on a Thursday, trying on a Friday to travel away to Huddersfield. And then uh, on a Saturday, I was back in the league, you know, for the first time. Um, really, really interesting story. Just fascinating listening to you, Ibrahima. And then obviously, you know, quite a few players. Um, Steve Koppel came to Reading, Wally Downs came to Reading. Uh, you had Stephen Hunt, um, Ivar yeah. as, as well, uh, Sidwell, yes, quite Sidwell, a few players. Yeah. Went from Brentford and then on, on to Reading. Lloyd Awusu as well was another one. Yeah. Um, but Johnny, I'm going to hand over to you now because I, I know you, you've got a, a few questions, I think, to ask Ibrahim, haven't you, about his time at, at Reading, how that came about and the 106 season yeah. and, and all, all of that happy days. Let's just start. Well, first of all, though, but when, one of the best chants, Sonko is Superman. I'm not going to sing it because I can't <laughs> sing, but how much good does that be to have that? Behind you when you're playing, the fans going for you like that. 
Yeah, I mean, like, it was amazing. You know, like you don't ex- you don't expect them kind of things. You know, because if you remember when I first played for Reading, the fans was laughing at me. <laughs> they were laughing at me because uh, I think I remember coming in the first time for Reading. I was at Millwall, but I only come in for like fifteen minutes, and then. Um, that big chance for me was the game at Ipswich away when Eddie Williams got injured. You know, literally 30 minutes through the game, I'm like, they turn up, Eddie Williams on the floor and I'm sitting on the bench. What is like, what are you waiting for? I'm like, looking at him thinking like, what's going on here? What do you want me to do? You know, so go and get yourself warmed up. I'm like, okay. So I'm running up and down. They call me straight. I say, no time for warming up. You're coming in. And I'm like, I'm absolutely petrified. I'm absolutely petrified. And the first ball I get is like I hoofed it and it went out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so the Ipswich fan was just like shouting, laughing, and the Reading fan were like, oh my God, every time I had the ball, the stadium go, oh, and I just kicked it out, you know, and everything. We came in at half time, Wally Down came to me and said, listen, whatever you're doing is working. I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, he said, you are pissing off Kuchi. I mean, Cookie, Cookie, Cookie. His name was Cookie and Darren Bent at the time. You are pissing them off because every time the ball goes to you, they're looking around thinking like, what the hell is going on? So keep doing it. And I'm looking at him thinking, is he telling me just to keep kicking the ball away without even like having a touch? Yeah. So head it, kick it, head it, kick it. Don't do anything else, you know? And I've done that all game. And I, I think the fan were a bit like, what the hell is that? <laughs> you know, who's that player? You come out, I mean, to be fair, you had Eddie Williams at the time playing with Eva, yeah. okay? They're both good players. Eddie, you know, had so much experience and can bring the ball down and play. But you had me, who I literally come from Brentford. Not like I wasn't bad at Brentford, but for me, Reading was a big jump. So yeah. I was really petrified on the pitch. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a nightmare for me because the players are, you know, it's the highest level I played for me, you know? So... And uh, yeah, so everything went that way. And then after the second game, we played at home and the Reading fan was still like, every time I had the ball, they're like, they, I kick it out and they're like, oh, they, you know, you can hear them. They're like, all like, oh my God, what's that? You know, and everything. But, you know, you grow into them. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah. okay, well, he can't play, but at least he can defend. You know, we were taking less and less goals, you know, and, you know, I was winning my headers. I was aggressive. I was, you know, I was what they needed. You know, I mean, at the time, yes, Eva can play. You've got Murti and Shore, they can play, you know what I mean? But don't ask me to do something I'm not used to. So, yeah, but at the end, you know, when it turned around two years, you know, it, on the second year when I started playing and things were getting better and I started being myself again, yeah. you know, uh, and like one day just to hear them. And again, you know, it, I think it was against, was it against Ipswich? It was against Ipswich, right? Yeah, yeah I, I think so. I think it was against Ipswich when the, I dived to save that ball from going in. And uh, literally, I stood up thinking, okay, you know, for me, it was normal. And everyone in the stadium was like quiet for a minute. And then suddenly you hear someone call is Superman. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> you know, literally, I, I, I went red. You, you couldn't see it, but I went red. I was like, oh, so shy of thinking like, oh my God, what's going on here, you know? But it was amazing, an amazing feeling. At the end of the game, everyone was shouting, the boys in the dressing rooms laughing and singing the song. So, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. 
and then like I mean you must have felt must have felt at home then. And when when you're playing with the, you know the one of six team and like you know we interviewed Ivor the other day and your combination with Ivor is probably one of the best central defending combinations that we've had at the club. How did it how did it evolve like that for you as a player? To, you know to build that. Is it against styles and the way that you play or the way that you communicate trust? I think I think it was all about trust, just like you say. Uh, when I first came in, I mean, obviously, it was Ivor and um, and Aidy playing, okay? And I was learning from them. You understand what I mean? I was learning from them. I was looking at the way they play and everything, and I was trying to understand. So if ever I was to be matched with one of the other, you know, I will try to be complementary instead of being just an association, you know? And I, and I realized that, okay, you know what? I can be more aggressive than Ivo, you know, and I run faster than Ivo. So what I'm going to do is, if I can go for headers, I will try to go for headers, you know? So we get kind of close to each other. And if I can feel it, I call it early for him to know that I'm going to go for headers, he can cover. But if ever the ball goes on his side, I just have to cover, you know? And um, and as we go, when we started playing in the first year, when ID went off, Ivo started being like a big brother to me. You know, he started inviting me out, you know, let's go for food, let's go eat together. I remember like in the year we went up, Ivo, I think like every single Thursday, Ivo was cooking for me. <laughs> like literally every single Thursday, Ivo was saying, all right, you come to my house tonight. You know, and he was making he was making food for us to eat and with his family. So we, we can only get closer and closer if we are like that. We were sharing room together. We were, you know, obviously, yeah, I was mixing with everyone. But then when it seems to be about football and concentration, I'm always with Eva, you know, and we talk a lot. We understand each other. And yeah, so it was just the perfect combination at the time. Playing against... Um, when you... Sorry, Mark. Oh, go on, Johnny. No, no, you go ahead. All right. No, I was just, you know, you, you talked about that, if you like, that struggle that you had, Ibrahima, and, and you, you got injured, you were without a club, and then you got introduced to Wally Downs, and it kind of went from there, really. And then, you know, not too many years after that, you're, you're playing in, in the Premier League. That, and that first season for Reading fans, for, for me, OK, of course, the 106 season, fantastic, but... For me, the greatest season ever in the history of Reading was that first season in the Premier League. You finished eighth. What was that experience like for you? Were you just thinking this this is a dream come true, or, or how? What was that like for you? It's uh, it's funny enough because if you remember uh, the year before we got promoted, we lost the game at um, at Wigan and we missed out on the playoff, and they went straight up. Okay, we literally got in and we got battered. Actually, literally, like they go in on top of us and we couldn't do nothing about it. You know, we were three nil down, you know, in no time, and then we lost the game. And I think what what Steve Coppel did, and that's something amazing because we were we went into the dressing room and he said, All right, we have to come back out, you know, and see we gone out, you know, because they deserve it, you know. So as a player, you're already annoyed that you're not going to get in the playoffs, you know, just because of a couple of points. I think it was one point only from the playoffs, you know. We needed a draw or something like that. And that team is going up, so they're all celebrating the fans and everything. So it does hurt a little bit. Even though you're happy for them, it still hurts you because you that could be you. 
and we're standing there, you know, uploading um, vegan players and everything. And and the manager, you know, say, okay, it's enough. He say, that could be you guys. Make sure, you know. And I think that's when it clicked for everyone, you know, to have seen that, to have lived it without being part of it. It just clicked, you know. So even when I went on holiday that summer, I went on holiday my mindset was I'm going to work to be better, you know, because I want to live what they live. I want that feeling, you know, I want to achieve what they achieve. So, and I think that in our team, everyone was in the same mindset, you know, like I think because when we came back, I think like everyone was fit, literally everyone was fit. And then when we came back, we had the addition of Doily and, and Shen Long at the time, you know, they just arrived from Ireland, the two quickest men I ever played with, you know, but, you know, and then you can see that the competition has raised in the game. You know, obviously, Leroy Lita, Kitson, Doily now, they have to fight for that spot. You know, Johnny Oster was there, Stephen Hunt, you know, uh, Bobby Convey, you know, that's another problem, you know, because everyone now has got challenging, you know, in, in their positions, you know what I mean? So you're like, okay, now we have to raise our game. At the time, Aaron Brown, um, uh, Aaron... Sorry, I apologize. One minute. I'm just okay. going to do this. Yeah, okay. Um, yes, Aaron Brown arrived at the club as well. And, um, okay, where am I? I apologize. I lost you guys. No, we, we can hear you fine. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. That's perfect. That's perfect. Okay, so Aaron Brown arrived at the club. So I knew that we had competition, you know, and uh, we all had to raise our game if we wanted to achieve what we achieved. We done the Sweden tour like we always do. The team was gelling, everyone was getting on. We were laughing, we were seeing on the pitch. We were really aggressive to each other, but in a good way. You know, always demanding more for each other from each other, which is good. And then the first game arrived, and then we lost. <laughs> like, what happened? I mean, like we had a great summer. I mean, I worked my socks off. Everyone did. Everyone is ready. Everyone is fit. And we're looking at each other in the dressing room, thinking like, okay, that's, that's, the, I mean, that's, that's not right. Something is wrong here, you know? So we're sitting there, really disappointed to lose the first game at home. And uh, once again, the manager came in, you know, he didn't say anything. He's looking at us and everything. And he went, okay, see you Tuesday. We all looking at each other, thinking like, uh, I thought he's going to bash us around, you know what I mean? Like and everything, you know what I mean? No. And while he came behind, while he said, just forget about the game. We move on. We got another game coming up on Tuesday. So let's go. You know? And then from there, everyone was like, okay. And then we started winning the first one. Then the second one. Then we drew. Then we win. Then we, and then we think like, oh, well, we, we start doing something special here. You know I mean? After five, six games without losing, you start feeling like, oh, you know what? Let's do it. And just before that, obviously, there was the invincible in, for Arsenal. So you start dreaming a little bit, you're like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And, you know, and yeah, we just went on 33 games, I think, unbeaten, you know, until the Luton game. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was special. And even the Luton game, we lost it, but we still fought to the end. You know, I think we hit the crossbar at the end, you know, we were like close to be drawing that game. But it was just a fantastic season. And it seems like everything we were doing was working. So yeah, we just used the momentum to do it. And, and the and the Premier League, you know what? Talk about that experience playing at that level. Yeah, is a 
it, it was special. It was special. Uh, um, we, we know when we got promoted, it was March time. And I think we went to, um, to Marbella on a kind of training camp, but it was more like a drinking camp, <laughs> <laughs> you know? But went to Marbella, after, just after we knew that we, were go, we got promoted at Leicester, we had a week off with the team away and we had the derby game coming up behind. We didn't do much training over there, but even though we were being silly and, uh, and we were partying and laughing and just enjoying time, you know, you could see with everyone, you can see everyone, but everyone is focused. You know, it's almost like the job wasn't done yet, you know, because then we know we got promoted and now we're thinking, okay, Sheffield Wednesday, they came up to, the, to Marbella as well. And we're looking at them thinking like, we want to win that league. You know, we want to win that league and we want to finish strong. So everyone was focused and we went and winning the, on winning the league and everything, which is great. But when I went on holiday with the, in the summer, it was the same feeling. I went out with uh, Gabriel Oberta and David Engog uh, to the state for holiday, you know. And obviously, you know, the one was at Liverpool, the other one was at United. So the mindset was like, okay, we're going to party, we're going to enjoy, but we're going to train. So from the first day at, at, in the state, we, uh, we had the gym, we had the personal trainer. And then as much as we go out, we set a time, three o'clock, we get in. You know, but 10 o'clock, we have to be on training ground, you know, and the mindset was that it was just work, work, because me, for me, I knew the challenges of coming to the Premier League going to be probably the, the best one ever for me. And I did not want to miss out on that one. I wanted really to be on top, you know, of it. So when, uh, when I came back, you know, I was bigger, I was faster, I was stronger. I really, really worked my socks off during them holidays. And I'm sure all the boys did. Because when we came in, in the first game, it was nothing to do with physicality. We were matching physically, but we lacked of experience at the time. You know, we lacked of experience. So quickly, they took the lead and like we were kind of getting run around a little bit, you know, passing, moving the ball and everything. We, we were a bit lost, to be honest, you know. And, you know, I mean, I know like it's funny because a lot of people see Coppola as being a great manager, you know, but he wasn't great. He was amazing, you know, because when we walked in and we were losing, we all looking at each other thinking the pace of the game, we are, how can we kill it? Because yes, we can run, but we're running like we run heron because we're just running after the ball. We don't know what to do when we lose, when we get it, we lose it too early, too quickly. And um, so we walked in and we just looking at each other couple left us for about like six, seven minutes alone, you know, with nobody in the room, but like the room was quiet, like literally in the dressing room, everyone was just like looking at each other. We don't know, you know, we couldn't blame anyone else because everyone was working socks off, but it wasn't working. So couple went in and went, okay, you guys okay? And we're looking at each other thinking, well, we think we okay. And he went, Welcome to the Premier League. <laughs> we were, uh, you know, I was like, oh, okay. I was expecting him to say, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. He said, welcome to the Premier League. And then we're looking at him and he went, if you want to play like Premier League players, you're going to lose that game. Okay. Now you have to bring the championship to the Premier League. Play the way you know. Okay. Yeah. 
and we went, okay. And he said, okay, everyone out. So we went back out and what we did is took the fight to them. You know, we were on the front foot, second ball, long ball, making them play the game they don't want to play. Yeah. You know, lunch Ibra- 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 We're very nearly out of time now, but what I'd love to do is yeah. I'd love to invite you back to do a part two all about that Premier League season. Is that okay? It's, it's perfect for me, no problem. It's real, it, it's fascinating to speak to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Really, really enjoyed that. And, and we'd love you to come back on again. Not a problem. Definitely. I just remember you, where you I left it. No problem, you yeah. guys. Take care, yeah? Yeah, all right. Thank you, Ibrahima. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.